single Monday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember, you can call us at 631-965-4990, ladies and gentlemen. You can also go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com, and you can download our app. How do you do that? Well, it's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. I don't have to say this. I don't have to repeat myself, but I'll repeat myself over and over again. It's smack speedy on the back of the head. This is how you do it. You go to iOS, which is Apple, and you go into, you, you put in WWSRN, and you download the app. Or you can go to Android, ladies and gentlemen. And all you have to do is put in Worldwide Sports Radio Network. So, Speedy, we had an interesting, interesting weekend for sports. Uh, shout out to Eric Coleman and uh, the Weekend Crunch. It was a great show this weekend. If you didn't hear it on 103.9 LI News Radio Network here in Long Island, all you have to do is go to our app and you can find the Weekend Crunch on the podcast end of it and you can listen to the show uh, at, with no commercials. Anyway, Speedy, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I've been busy. Oh, stop it. What, what have you been doing? Playing with your underwear? What, really? what have you been doing? No, I've been uh, uh, You have any streaks in your pants? What, what are you doing? I I hope not. Well, well, what are you doing, man? Are, are you wetting the bed? Are you doing that? No. Right, well, that's good. As long as you're not wetting the bed, that's a, that's a perfect move in the right direction. But what did you do this weekend? Did you have any fun? Did you hang out with your parents? Did you watch the Terrible Giants play? What did you do? I did watch the Terrible Giants play. It was a very tough day to be a Giants fan uh, between the Saquon injury and just almost coming back. He almost came back and won. Did but... your underwear uh, need cleaning over there when you watched the Giant game? No. Okay, well, my underwear needed cleaning after the jet game, and I will get into that in just one second. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, anything else? Did you hang out with your parents, your family? What did you do? Uh, no, I, I didn't go out anywhere uh, this weekend. I just hung out with my grandparents, played games, and watched a lot of football. <laughs> well, I will say this. It was a very, very interesting weekend for New York sports, including the New York Jets and the New York Giants. And I won't even get into baseball yet because I have a lot to say with that, too. But I want to get into the Jets first because, to me, when you look at the Jets, first of all, I don't even want to hear fire Gase because Gase should have been fired after the first game, okay? And we will get into Adam Gase and his play calling, which was horrendous. But what you watched on Sunday was a team that wasn't ready to play, a team that cannot tackle, a team that has so many weaknesses on the offensive side of the ball, it's, it's bl- you can be blindfolded, and you'll still see it, and you'll still notice it. And with the New York Jets, I just don't know if the Jets were ready 
for the season. I, I don't know if Adam Gase really had them ready to go into the season and expect that Sam Donald's development would be even better than it was last year. Yeah, again, it seems like they're always slow starting, always just seeming unprepared. I'm uh, just so basic. Unprepared? Yeah. Unprepared? That's, that's being nice, unprepared. Yeah. What you saw, and Greg Williams, Greg Williams has a lot to blame yesterday, too, because that defense is not tackling. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, me and Speedy could stand right at the line of scrimmage, and they couldn't tackle us. That might have been the single worst defensive play call I've ever seen for them not even having three, uh, three guys back. I think they only had two or even one guy's back, and they allowed a third and 31, 55-yard run for a first down. Normally, you see teams, if they do convert them, because of a penalty, not because of that. When you look at Sam Darnold, and, and let's look at Sam Darnold's numbers at the end of the day. When you look at 21 thir- for 32, you wouldn't see it to be bad numbers, especially with no wide receivers. And I'm going to get into the wide receiving situation in just one second. Um, he had 179 yards for one touchdown. That means, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Darnold in the last two weeks only has two touchdowns in two games. Two touchdowns. This is a guy that was supposed to be, uh, this was a season that we were going to see his development uh, explode. We were going to see the talent of the quarterback that we expected him to be. And you bring in Denzel Mims. The guy can't step on the field. He has two hamstring, hamstring pulls. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, first game, he's out for three to four weeks. You, you look at their offense, your top offensive player right now is five foot six, which is Barrows. Okay? <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's a joke. It is a complete, utter joke. And for Adam Gase to come out after the end of the game and said, I'm angry, being angry is just a joke. Just using the word angry, I would be frustrated. I would have walked right off. I wouldn't have even talked to the press. I would be so embarrassed to even explain myself on what my team did yesterday. It was a joke. Yeah. (laughs) It was embarrassing. The New York Jets are not only an embarrassment for an organization, they're an embarrassment with Adam Gase. And I will take back any good things I said about Adam Gase because Adam Gase is an idiot. He's a jackass. You defended him for a while, but there's all. He is a jackass. (laughs) He's the worst coach in in New York Jet history. He's worse than Rich Kotite, okay? I don't even want to even compare him to contrast him. The guy is an idiot. He's a joke. Is he worse than Todd Bowles? Kotite never even had a quarterback that he was coaching. He has Sam Darnold, and he can't do anything with uh, with, uh, with Sam Darnold. It's a joke. Is he, and wor- I, is he worse than Bowles? Oh, he's terrible. Bowles, Bowles had a winning season. Bowles had a winning season his first year. This guy's never going to have a winning season. As a matter of fact, he is going to be absolutely fired at the end of this season. I don't even think he's going to last five I games. I don't think he's going to last. I to say. I, I don't, don't even think he's going to last five games. I don't know if he might even last the last next two weeks. And so it's a like joke. That. It's an absolute joke when you hear Christopher Johnson say that this guy is a quarterback guru and he's an offensive guru. This guy, and he said that. This past week, saying that Adam Gase, we, we trust Adam Gase, that we think that this team is going to figure it out. And I don't want to hear Kyle Shanahan at the end of the game saying that you got to give them some time. You need to give Gase and, and Darnold a little bit of time. Are you kidding me? You got Jimmy Garoppolo when he was 6-0 and from the Patriots. Before he tore his ACL, the guy never lost a game. And you're going to tell us Jet fans that have been waiting for 50 years to see a championship competitive team to just take a little bit more time? The Jets don't have any time anymore. It's a joke. It's embarrassing. I had my friend call me up during the game while I was watching the game. And I hate when Eric calls me up because <laughs> he's got nothing good to say. Nothing good to say. And all I kept hearing is, oh, my God, this guy's an idiot. They can't run the ball. They can't tackle. Where's Quinn Williams? Quinn Williams is out there for only 45% of the snaps. 
This is a guy that was the third pick in the first round uh, less than two years ago. This is a guy that everybody expected to be another Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald plays for three uh, three plays uh, every single play, every single uh, down. Yeah, yeah. And and you, you can't see Quinn Williams play for more than two plays in every single down. It's embarrassing. This is an embarrassment. How could you sit here today as a Jet fan and say, you know what? I'm excited for this Jet team. I believe, this is what I believe. If the season keeps going the way it is, the Jets aren't going to win that many games. They're going to get the number one pick, and they're going to they're move away from Sam Donald. As, as, as sad as it may sound, because I still think Sam Donald is a franchise quarterback, the Jets are going to have to trade it away because Jet fans are, are getting disgusted at what you're seeing with Sam Donald. You can't honestly sit here and say that Sam Donald's development is good. You saw Justin Herbert yesterday almost beat Patrick Mahomes. He played really well. And I, what did I tell you about Justin Herbert? I told you he was going to be the best quarterback in that draft class. Yeah, that one bad interception. Beyond that, he played phenomenally. And I, I do believe Love is going to be a good quarterback, too, in that class. But I, I think Justin Herbert was sensational. Let's be honest. How many sensational games have we seen Sam Donald play in the last three years? Two? Two. Probably. That's it. Two. And that could be because of coaching. It could be because of the wide receiving, and nobody is uh, getting separation. You saw that yesterday. You can. It, you're watching. You're watching a team that lost two of their pass rushers. They lost Thomas and they lost Nick Bosa in the first quarter. They lost him in the first quarter. Nick Bosa could be out for the whole. He's out for the whole season. Torn ACL, and uh, and Thomas could be out for the season as well. Mm. And, and they have their own problems right now, San Francisco. Oh, yeah. The fact that they won that game, it's just they played a crummy New York Jet team. They are a crummy team. And again, this is what I was saying last year about the 49ers, why I was worried about them, is because they have so many injury-prone players. Remember, last year they lost a lot of their linebackers. They lost a couple defensive linemen. They lost pretty much their entire running back core. And now this year, you're, you're already down Debo Samuel. You're, now you lose your best pass rusher, another Decent, not great, but decent pass rusher. And Garoppolo, Mostert. I mean, they have... High ankle sprain. He might yeah. be out for three to four weeks. Mm-hmm, so. I mean, they have their, their own problems. I didn't even see Richard Sherman on the field. Richard Sherman was hurt last week, too. I yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, so... He's on IR. So, you, you're looking at their their team. And uh, there were a lot of big injuries yesterday. Saquon Barkley is out for the season, torn ACL. We'll, we'll get into that in just a little bit. And we have a great show lined up for you at 6.30. We will be talking to Kansas quarterback recruit Ben Easter uh, Easters. And then at 7.15, we'll be talking to Virginia tight end recruit Jack Whitmer. So we will get into that in just a few moments. But And then we do have Mark at 7.30. But I will say this about this New York Jet team. Not only sitting back and watching this game, and I watched the whole game. I watched all the game. I didn't even pop it off. I watched this horrendous game. Not only did the play calling, and I don't know what the hell Greg Williams is doing. I, I, I don't know what's going on. This, this is a defense that played very well last year. All of a sudden, I don't, know, I don't even know if they know what their ass from the tailbone is. I don't know if they know what they're doing. This is a joke of an organization right now. And to sit here, and I agree with Josh, uh, uh, Todd Bowles is a blessing. A blessing compared to Adam Gates. Who would say that when I, everybody wanted Todd Bowles out? It's a joke. We haven't had a good quarterback. Uh, we, we haven't had a good coach since Rex Ryan. And Rex Ryan was a good coach for three years before he blew up everything. This is a joke. This organization is a joke. They have to reassemble their thoughts on where this team is going in the future and what they have to do as, a, as an organization. 
And I, I don't want to hear Christopher Johnson. I don't have anything against Christopher Johnson and Woody Johnson because they open up their pockets. I don't care how bad they are as owners or think they know about football. They open up their pockets. And that, to me, is very, very important if you're expecting to bring in free agents. So you can't even argue with them on that. And I'm not going to blame Joe Douglas for this because this isn't Joe Douglas's team. He's trying to re, uh, reconstruct this team into his team. Sam Donald wasn't his draft pick. Quinn Williams wasn't his draft pick. We, we haven't seen enough of Ashton Davis. That's, that could be because of Gre- Greg Williams. We haven't seen enough of, of um, uh, Nick Dagua because he hasn't played yet, yep. whatever, whatever his name is, from Florida. We haven't seen him yet. We haven't seen LaMichael um, Piron yet. This is they. They actually had Lamichael Pierron on the on the bench. They didn't play him at all. It was it was Gore the whole game. Now I like Frank Gore, and Frank Gore was the best offensive option they had during the game. It's a joke. A thirty eight year old man who shouldn't even be in the league anymore is the best player, best offensive option for Sam Donald. The only bright spot of the New York Jets and what we've seen so far in the in the first two games is their offensive line. Their offensive line is actually good. This is a good offensive line. Sam Donald didn't get sacked that much yesterday. He really didn't. And every time he did get sacked, it was because he held the ball too long. Right, and a lot of the pressure came in the beginning of the game, too, and they were able to adjust well after that. Uh, obviously, some of the injuries with the 49ers have to do with it, too. Losing a player like Nick Bosa, that kind of caliber, sure, that'll that'll hinder you a little bit, but it's still a talented defensive line regardless. That's the big strength of their team, and they've shown some good progress. That's At least that's the one area they have. The problem is they haven't done it everywhere else. And, and, and you, you could see Mekhi Beckham is going to be a star. You, you could see it. What do they call him, the big ticket now? Mm-hmm. Uh, he He's going to be a star. You, you could see uh, Nick Bosa could not get to Sam Darnold when he was in the game. Yeah, he was throwing Nick Bosa around. So that's a bright spot. That's a that's a that's that's something that Joe Joe Douglas can rave about. He he actually found he actually his number one pick looks like a player. But the other players we have not seen yet. We have not seen Denzel Mims. And I know my I told I was telling my friend Eric on the phone yesterday, you haven't seen Denzel Mims, so you don't know what you have offensively. When Denzel Mims steps on the court on the field, then we'll see what they have at, at a wide receiver position. But all in all, when you have a five foot six guy being your number one guy, which is Barrows, and I'm not talking about Wes Welker or Edelman, you're talking about a guy that nobody, you know, he played for the Patriots. This is this guy was a third string. He was a punt returner last year, and he was their best offensive wide receiver option. Yeah, he was a decent college receiver in Miami, but yeah, like you said, very small and more of the special teams type. So don't expect him to be. There it's a joke. Second. And Piron did play at three carries for 17 yards. C.J. Desimone uh, just sent me that. It's a joke. I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. I, I'm, I'm seriously disgusted with what I've seen. All right? Here, here we go. Josh Adams couldn't get the first down at, at, with, with, with third, uh, fourth and one. We, they, the Jets gave – how many fourth and ones did the Jets – they had two fourth and ones they went for, and they couldn't get, one, they couldn't get the, the first down. They couldn't get the first down. Chris Hogan had 75 yards, six uh, receptions for 75 yards. Braxton Barrows, who had a touchdown, 59, 59 yards for si- si- with six re- receptions, one touchdown. Josh Malone. Who the hell is Josh Malone? He was a Bengals receiver who was a special teams guy, too. Fourth, four receptions, 16 yards. Brashad Perriman, everybody that thought was going to have such a great— everybody was talking how great he looked in practice. Oh, he's so sensational. Two catches for 12 yards. Oh, he's great. By the way— Robbie Anderson in the first two games has over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Say whatever you want about Robbie Anderson and how bad he was. He's doing pretty well right now over there in Carolina. Granted, he's playing the Raiders and Bucks. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Look who the Jets have played. I, I don't want to. I don't want to hear. It. Buffalo had better. lost their first. Their, Buffalo lost their two starting linebackers in the first quarter. 
in the first quarter. Their two top linebackers were out in the first quarter. I don't want to hear it. Everybody's dealing with injuries. It's a joke. It is a joke, and to me, it's an embarrassment. They are an embarrassment of an organization. They're an embarrassment. And Sam Donald, you could take two. I, you want to see a quarterback take two steps forward, not two steps back. He's taking four steps back. He looks bad. I don't want to hear, well, he has, he has no wide receivers, and I'm going to stand up for Sam Donald. He's got nothing. He's got nothing to throw to. But there are a lot of other quarterbacks in the league that have nothing to throw to, and they do better than Sam. Okay, this is not an excuse for Sam. Sam has not played well. I do blame Adam Gase. I do blame the the offensive weapons. But let's be honest. Sam Darnold has not looked good in the first two weeks. Yeah, he hasn't looked good. Again, the circumstances are hard. And again, the defenses are hard. But still, you want to at least show something that shows you that this guy could be a next tier quarterback. And. Oh, they're next tier, all right. Yeah, he, he showed it at the end of the game that one touchdown was really nice. It was but, next tier. It's something. It's, it's a tier time. that I don't even want to express. Okay, that's the tears. I I wanted a tear. I wanted to cry yesterday after what I watched. It's an embarrassment. It, it, even the Giants. Okay, and as as embarrassing as the New York Giants were yesterday, and Mitchell Trubisky didn't have a great day, but he outplayed Daniel Jones. Not to say much, but he outplayed. Much. But. Daniel Jones got 10 points in the fourth quarter. The Giants had a chance to win the game. I know. The Jets didn't. The Jets didn't even come close to winning that game. The Jets were out. The, the game was over in the first, the first quarter. I will admit, as bad of a game statistically and for the most part that Jones had, he actually did have one very nice play where it looked like he was going to run. He knew he wasn't going to get it, then was able to lateral it back. Daniel Jones, 25 for 40, 241 yards, one interception. He played better than Sam Darnold did. He did. And... It, and right now, if you were to ask me who would I rather have as my quarterback right now of the future, I'm sorry, as good and as talented as Sam Donald is to Daniel Jones, I'm going to take Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has had four 400-yard games. Sam Donald hasn't had one. Okay? So th- this is a problem. And that has to lean towards the coach. The coach has no idea what he is doing. He's lost. He's lost the team. But I think Greg Williams has lost the defense. Marcus May is the only bright spot of that defense. Quinn Williams had certain certain parts of the game he looked better. But this is a number one pick. This is a guy that he's going to look. He's going to be a dud like Leonard was. Leonard Williams. I do not want to think that. But right now he looks just as bad as Leonard Williams. That's not saying much. Leonard Williams playing for the Giants right now. He's played better for the Giants than he did for the Jets. Yeah, he actually, I actually been surprised how well he's played so far. Him and Dexter Lawrence have really been nice up the middle for the Giants. It's terrible. It's horrendous. It, this team is a joke. As far as the Giants are concerned, the Giants are a joke, too. They're a joke well, we organization. Knew we knew that coming in. Saquon Barkley is out for the season, torn ACL. And it, it's sad because... This is a guy that I wanted to see him uh, turn it up this year. He was a top fantasy pick. Everybody thought that he was going to have a breakout year with Joe Judge and with this offensive line being a little bit more reconstructed and a little bit better than a lot of people thought. They haven't looked good either. Their offensive line hasn't looked good. And by the way, their number one pick has not looked good. He has not looked good. He's looked bad. Okay, From what Beckham, we've seen Beckham, and and compared to Thomas – Beckham is light years in front of He's the Thomas. worst of all four that, yeah. have, that have been drafted. Thomas looks bad. Round. He now, looks bad. Cleveland's guy hasn't looked good either, Wills, but he's looked a little better than Thomas has. Both Tristan Wirfs and Mekhi Beckham have looked remarkable uh, so far. Beckham looks like he's the best offensive lineman in the draft. Mm-hmm. He's looked, and, and Joe Douglas was right. So far, Joe Douglas was right with their offensive lineman. That, there's no question that he is. Um, we, have, we have another guy uh, about to come in. But yes. I, I, I will guest. say – well, who was it? I'm no, sorry? That's, that's our guest. All right. I'm sorry. I'll put him in later. But I'm, I'm disgusted 
when I watch the New York Giants as well, because you look at the all-in-all team of what we've seen, and uh, you bet I will be in touch. Okay, uh, Desimone and, and Josh are talking, but I'm trying to read what everybody's writing, plus trying to talk and, and the spiel of this team. Evan Ingram has looked better this year. Now, does that mean that he's looked great no. for a number one, number one tight, number one draft pick who is a tight end? No. But he's looked good. He's looked as good as O.J. Howard has with uh, the Buccaneers. They were drafting the same draft. So he's looked just as good. O.J. Howard has looked abysmal, too. But Golden, uh, Golden Tate, who I, everybody thought was a bad contract, he's, he hasn't looked good. Five receptions, 47 yards. Deion Lewis was a good pickup by the Giants. I, I like Deion I like Lewis. It, yeah. I, I like Deion Lewis. And Deion Lewis will be the starting running back moving forward. And you, if you have him in your fantasy team, you know they're going to run the ball, and they run the Patriots' offense. So you're going to see a lot of Deion, uh, Deion Lewis. So if you, if you don't have him or he's available in free agency, I would scoop him right up. But uh, uh, Sterling Shepard, horrendous. They gave him an extension a year ago. Mm-hmm. Two receptions for 29 yards. This is this is supposedly your number one guy. I don't think him and Jones have really had any type of good chemistry since even last year, too. I think he's had trouble with jo- with Shepard for whatever reason. And for and, and for all you fans out there, and I, I want to laugh at this, everybody thought that Darius Slayton was going to be some kind of superstar, like the next Odell Beckham. Four, uh, three receptions for 33 yards. Could you guys calm the hell down? This is a, this was a fifth round, sixth round draft pick. This is a guy that was an add-on to the team. And anyway, he's had a sensational career so far since he's come into the league for a fifth-round draft pick. or six, I think he's a fifth or a sixth. Yep, fifth-round pick. Yeah. He's played well for a fifth-round draft pick. To try to compare and contrast him to Odell Beckham is a joke. Yeah. He's a starting receiver, sure, but he's not a— He's a third-tier wide receiver. Yeah. I, like like I, I told you off here, I think he's a, he's a third-tier and then maybe at his best a second-tier. Uh, lower I, lower second-tier. I wouldn't even say he's a second-tier. But again— Sterling he's... Shepard is a second-tier. Okay. At but, best. At fine. best. Fair enough, but— my point is that he's not going to be a superstar. He's, he's not, he wasn't meant to be that. He's a solid starter. That's what he is. If you look at the whole team, they have about third-tier wide receivers right now. Golden Tate, he's a third-tier third wide receiver. Point, yeah. yeah. Um, we, just, we just talked Slayton. He's a third-tier wide receiver. Um, I would even say Sterling Shepard right now is a third-tier wide receiver. They don't have a number one or really a number two wide receiver. They don't, just like the Jets. And, but they have better weapons than the Jets do. I mean, seriously. That's if you're comparing, it's not saying much, but when you, you're looking at Barrows being their number one target, I mean, that's scary by itself. And I know everybody keeps talking about Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan barely made the team. He barely, he was an add-on before the season started. So everybody keeps talking about Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan is not a number one or a number two. He's not even that anymore. He's 31, 30 years old. He's a, he's a wide receiver, an add-on wide receiver that could do certain things good and certain, certain things bad. So, again, my arguments here, when you look at the, the, the Giants and the Jets, both teams look terrible. They both look bad. And right now, if the Giants were to end with the same record as the Jets and they're both fighting for the number one pick – I think the Giants would swing towards keeping Daniel Jones. I think the Jets would start moving past Sam Darnold. I think it would depend on if Gettleman keeps his job. If he does, then yeah, I agree with you. If not, who knows? They could go after – if it's not Lawrence, they could go after Justin Fields too if he plays well this year in the eight games that Ohio State has. I'm just – I'm disgusted. I'm really, really disgusted when I, when I look at the big, the big picture right now of both teams. As far as before we go to break – I want to go through some of the games before uh, we will have Mark on at 7:30, so I'm sure we'll swing through all the games. Uh, the game that really stood out to me was the Cowboys. It, it, it really stu- stuck out to me more than any game 
Uh, and everybody thought it was going to be Seattle and the Patriots. It really wasn't Seattle and the Patriots. Matter of fact, um, uh, Seattle, it, 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 it came down to the wire at the end of the game. But I was, I was impressed with Seattle, the way they played at the end of the game. They mm-hmm. played very good defense. And Jamal Adams played well. He did. I mean, you can't take that away from him. He played well. I can't stand the guy, but he played well. Arizona is undefeated. Um, I'm very surprised Minnesota lost. I, I was 1-2 this week, right? You were 2-1. Two and one, two and one. Again? And, uh, yeah. How about, uh, yeah, because Dallas came back. You had uh, Dallas. How about, um, how about uh, Eric? Eric is 2-0, and oh, and he has the Saints tonight. So, uh, so he's going to go 3-0. and oh. So he's probably going to go 3-0, and oh, barring a Raiders inaugural. Uh, so we'd be tied. Inaugural, yeah, you guys would be tied, barring a Raiders inaugural upset, I guess. Well, he picked Green Bay. Who wouldn't have picked Green Bay? I mean, he, he took the easy way out. But Yeah, you know, I, I, I'd love to figure out a different format for that, maybe like one level. One, one level two and one upset pick or something. Whatever. Like that, maybe. I, I, I mean, because he, he, it's not fair. But anyways, I, I, I was very impressed with the Cowboys. I really was. And by the way, Dak Prescott, anybody that doesn't think he's a franchise quarterback, I know it's one game, but uh, he proved to me that he's a franchise quarterback. He brought his team all the way back, three running touchdowns, and he threw a couple of touchdowns. It was He was fantastic. 450 yards. And, and Atlanta's not a bad defense. That's not a bad defensive team. That's a good defensive team. It's the one that lost a lot, though. Yeah, but it doesn't year. matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. They're a good, talented defensive team. I was impressed with Dak Prescott. I was impressed with the comeback. He never said die. That was 20 to nothing at one point. And you know who else was big? Beef. C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb. Yep. And I, I, I've already said this. C.D. Lamb will be their best option, their best weapon by the end of this season. So was uh, Cooper. Um, Amari yeah. Cooper was good, too. He had 100 yards. So yeah, yeah, he mm-hmm. was good. But C.D. Lamb made the bigger catches. Yes, he, he made did. the important catches that kept the Cowboys in it, which gave him that field goal kick, which won them the game. But uh, all in all, the Cowboys really stood out to me. I was very surprised with Justin Herbert. I, I think he played a fantastic game. He, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I, I think of the pressure he had to do it. He found out he was a starter literally a minute before the game. Like, he wasn't even practicing with the first team. He wasn't doing anything like that. He found out he was a starter a minute before the game because Tyrod Taylor had chest pains and trouble breathing, so he had to go to the hospital. So out of nowhere, doing that against the defending Super Bowl champions, against Patrick Mahomes, and playing as Went well to overtime. as he did. Went to overtime. Yeah, playing as well as he did. He had one bad interception where he should have just ran, and he would have easily gotten a first down, but beyond that, he played phenomenal. He played phenomenal. He was one of the, the guys that really stood out to me on week number two. I think San Diego, I mean, not San Diego, the L.A. Chargers are set up very, very well for the future. I, I really like Justin Herbert. He's fantastic. He really he can run. He can move. He's big. He's strong. He can throw every, he can make every throw. He was fantastic. So um, I, I love him, and he outplayed Arguably the best quarterback in yeah. the NFL, mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes Absolutely. at his own game. So, and, and the numbers show that he did. He played. He outplayed. But Patrick Mahomes did not have a good game. Mm-hmm. He didn't. And, and Justin Herbert did against a very good defense, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and Baltimore, we expected that with Houston. We expected that the Bengals, Cleveland. We we talked about that. Yep. Um, Detroit and Green Bay. Detroit had an early lead. I was very surprised. It was fourteen to three at one point. <laughs> They've blown a double digit lead now in four straight games, dating back to last well, year. <laughs> uh, their coach will. Be Probably be fired before the yep. end of the season as well. Uh, Buffalo squeaked by Miami. Miami's very impressive. They've been very impressive. The first two weeks, they've been in every single game. They're going to kill the Jets. They're going to kill. If the Miami keeps playing the way they are, they're going to figure things out really, really quickly. Their defense has played well. The defense shut down Buffalo's offense in the fourth quarter. Mm. They did. Outside of one big play, yes. They shut them down. And Diggs, Stephon Diggs looks sensational. Yes. He does. I can't stand him, but he looks <laughs> sensational. But, uh, I have my own thoughts to Stefan Diggs. You and you and, uh, you and Matthew Mahomes. I wouldn't have given up a first round. I wouldn't have given up a first round draft pick for him. What happened? 
I said you and Matthew Mahoney are in the anti-Stefan Diggs I just club. don't like him. <laughs> I just don't like him. I think he's highly overrated, but he's having a sensational season. Right now, he's been the best wide receiver in football. He really has been. So uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But... Not, no. Uh, 159 yards this week, and he had 130 against the Jets. I think he's better than DeAndre Hopkins right now. So he's had – if you look at his numbers, his numbers are the best right now in, uh, out of all the wide receivers. Right. So he's been, he's been very good. And Josh Allen has a weapon now, yeah. something that Sam does not have. So that, that's saying a lot. I, I'm not going to take shots at Sam. Um, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with that team. Um, da- adding Darius Slade didn't really change his team. 37, 37 points. I mean, the L.A. Rams are not a good team. They're really not. And a lot of people th- said they were a borderline playoff team. They're 2-0 and right now, and they completely smashed Philadelphia. And Carlson Wentz, if he keeps playing the way he is, he's going to lose his job very, very quickly. I- I'd say week five, they'll be looking for a quarterback change. Carlson Wentz might be on his way out of Philadelphia. Uh, it's-, it's crazy. Maybe they should have kept Nick Foles. So mm-hmm. when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to Kansas quarterback recruit Ben Easters here on Down to the Wire. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to, to Down, Down to, to the, the Wire, Wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. As you guys know, this is Down to the Wire. We are live every, every single Monday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. You can call us at 631-965-4990. Download our app, ladies and gentlemen. Apple, WWSRN. Guys, Android. If you don't have an Apple, get an Android. If you have an Android, whatever. Download it. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's very simple. You can listen to our shows. You can watch our shows live. You can go to our podcast uh, after they're no longer live. You can read our stories. We have a great app for all the fans out there. If you're not following us, you better be following us. I don't want to smack you around like I do to this kid every day. Okay, I, I do enough of smacking with this kid. I don't need to smack you guys around. Anyways, um, I'm done talking about the Jets and the Giants. We have our first guest of the day. Very interesting kid. I, I read a little bit about this kid. We are now talking to Kansas quarterback recruit. Ben Easters. What's going on, Ben? Hey, thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely, man. I mean, I, I read a little bit about you, and, and it's a very interesting. There's just there's some interesting things about you we're going to get into in just one second. How are you and your family doing with this pandemic? Um, we've been doing pretty good. Uh, we uh, really haven't restricted ourselves very much. You know, obviously, we're wearing masks in public everywhere. But, um it was a good off season for me. You know, a lot of people struggled with the quarantine, not being able to get with their teammates, but uh, me and my receivers were able to get together all the time and we got to throw a lot of routes and we really improved this off season. I thought, so it was a good, it was a good quarantine for me. So tell us how and why you decided to go to Kansas. I mean, I'm sure there were a bunch of other teams recruiting you and looking at you. Kansas is a highly prestiged school. I mean, for basketball, not really for football. They're getting better. We've seen the last couple of years their football team has gotten better and stronger. Uh, why, why did you choose uh, Kansas over the other schools that were interested in you? You know, the, you know, people ask me that a lot. And, you know, the big thing with Kansas is, it's a really amazing family environment. You know, right when I stepped on campus, the very first time I went there in July, um, it was, they accompanied me and my family. All the coaches came up, introduced themselves to me, my family. And uh, 
obviously with coach miles you know a, a prestigious coach you know he wins everywhere he goes uh it, it was just a really really good family environment that when i as soon as i got there i was like man this is where i want to be yeah, you brought up Les Miles. That was the first thing I was going to ask you because it was one of the more polarizing hires. We were waiting for him to get another job after after he got fired from LSU, and he finally gets to go there. And again, like Errol was saying, Kansas is a huge basketball program, but for the most, for, for for football, they've been kind of a power five. No offense, a power five laughing stock in a sense. So again, what was your first impressions of Les Miles uh, when you met him, and how do you think what things you think you'll do to help change this program for sure? Um, just the, the winning culture that, uh, coach miles brings, you know, he's won everywhere that he's went. He knows how to win. He knows what it takes to win. Um, and he's bringing in coaches that know how to win too. You know, uh, coach Ben, uh, the strength coach at Kansas, he was, uh, at LSU when coach miles was there. So just guys that he's bringing in that have winning experience, uh, coach Deerman, just guys who know how to win. Um, he's bringing that winning culture to Kansas, which I think is going to really help us turn around. We are talking to Kansas quarterback recruit Ben Easters. Now, Ben, Les Miles is a very good recruiter. I mean, look how many NFL players are in the NFL now, Odell Beckham being one of them, Uh, Jarvis Landry. They're both playing on the same team. He is drafted. A lot of of the LSU players that he was coaching are in the NFL, defensively, offensively. When you look at the talent that he is recruiting right now, not just yourself, what really stands out to you in his recruiting class? Um, honestly, the, the, our whole 2020-21 recruiting class is phenomenal. You know, it's the best recruiting class in Kansas history. And he's just done a really good job of, you know, not just staying in Kansas and Arkansas and Oklahoma, those states close by, but expanding out to Indiana, we have Texas commits, a Florida commit, you know. So we're, we're getting guys from all over the country to come and play for us. We have a, uh, Andrew Simpson from California. You know, we have guys from all over the country, you know, come into Kansas to play, which I don't think that they had that in the past, you know, recruiting guys from all over the country because he's so well-known and so well-liked that he's able to bring guys from all over to one place, and that's what's going to make us really special. Ben, I, I was reading a story that a lot of scouts think that you are the best pro-style quarterback in this class. What do you think about that? Uh, I would have to agree with them. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. that beard, by the way. Love the beard. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love the beard. But why? Uh, why do they say that? Uh, I mean, I mean, you're 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 tall. You're six foot three, one hundred ninety five pounds. You need to put a little bit more size on you, obviously. But they they say that you have a, fa- a fantastic arm and you can make every single pro style throw. So, what makes you different than a lot of these other recruits? Um, I think one thing that I do really well, and you can watch it on my tape this year, is I'm able to stand in the pocket and deliver uh, throws all over the place while I'm getting hit, while I'm getting pressured. If you watch, you know, uh, our nationally televised game against St. Xavier, you know, I was getting rushed a lot, getting guys in my face, but I was still able to make throws while standing in the pocket, standing firm and making high-level throws uh, while getting pressure. So uh, the SEC identity with Les Miles when he was at LSU has always been defense and running, whereas you see in the Big 12, it's all about spread offenses, and there seems to be very little defense when it comes to their, their teams, their recruiting structure, stuff like that. Um, do you expect Les Miles to potentially bring this some sort of balance? Even though you're a quarterback, I'm sure you want to throw the ball, obviously. Do you expect him to bring kind of a sort of a balanced approach because that's what he had at LSU, that was his strengths? Or do you think he'll do something completely different since it's the Big 12 and it's Kansas? 
Um, one of the things that Coach Miles has done really well and Coach Deerman is running the RPO offense. And, you know, we get the run-pass option every play, you know. So we're, ne- we're always balanced because we always have the option to do whatever we want. So I think um, we'll stay pretty balanced uh, moving forward. And uh, the RPO is the, the play style of the future. And Coach Deerman is the, the king of RPOs. He's incredible, most incredible RPO coach I've ever met in my life. As you guys know, we are talking to Kansas quarterback recruit Ben Easters. Now, Ben, I, what, is the, what is it like playing quarterback? I mean, I wasn't a quarterback in high school. I played corner. I was a wide receiver. I mean, having the pressure on you, you're going to a, a college now that is, is trying to become a top recruiting school where you can bring in a championship competitive team where Les Miles could be in a ball game and you guys could be in a ball game every single year. What really stands out to you as playing the quarterback position? I mean, I know the pressure, but some people can handle it. Some people can't. What, what makes you play the position? I mean, because it is a difficult position, probably the hardest position in professional sports. Uh, I just love being in a leadership role. You know, I love having, you know, my teammates look at me and, being like, Hey, like I'm the one who lifts them up from adversity when we're doing bad, when we're not completing passes when we're turning the ball over, you know, I, I like being the one to be looked at like, Hey, let's go guys. Like I love being in that leadership role where I can take guys with me to uh, bring everyone to the next level. So Errol mentioned this earlier with the Kansas basketball. They've, uh, they've had a great ring of success. The Jayhawks. Yeah. They're actually, uh, again, no offense. They're my least favorite basketball team because they, they they're one of my favorites. They busted my first ever bracket I ever did in the Kansas, in the Kansas Memphis finals. Uh, Cause I had Memphis winning it all that year. And I've actually, again, support. <laughs> okay. That's enough. <laughs> so I actually, I've, I've not liked them, but again, uh, like like we were saying with Miles, do you think this will help grow the support for football where, one, it could even surpass the amount of, of support it gets for the basketball program or even just make it closer than it has been because obviously they haven't been good lately? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think we're we're getting right there. You know, if you look at, you know, the statistics, like literally the uh, Kansas is top three in most improved attendance to games. You know, people, Kansas football is improving. People are wanting to come see us play. And I think that's only going to keep growing in the future when we keep getting better and better players, better and better recruiting classes. We start making bowl games, we start winning a lot of games. Um, I think that the attendance is going to keep rising and people are going to start really buying into Kansas football. So, Ben, what do, what do people expect of you in the locker room? Are you a comedian? Are you a trickster? Are you a funny guy? Are you a guy that likes to cause trouble? What, what type of person are you in the locker room? Um, if you ask my teammates, I'm more of a, like an awkward, funny guy, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tall and lanky. So, so you like to dance like a clown, right? Yes. A clown. (laughs) I, I am not the best dancer, but I do like to dance in the locker room and my teammates, uh, really get a kick out of that when I start dancing. So give me a, give me a track that you like to dance to. Oh, man. I like the cha-cha slide. Oh, you like the cha-cha slide. So you, you teach your yeah, – do you lead the cha-cha slide when everybody follows? Do, do they follow you or – I mean – You're the leader. Normally when we're listening to uh, pregame music, the cha-cha slide isn't on the playlist. But I feel like if we were to listen to the cha-cha slide, I would definitely be at the front of the line. Well, you're going to do me a favor. Your first college touchdown that you run in, I want you to – have you know set up set it up where you and your teammates do the cha-cha slide when you score 
What do you think right. about that? I, I that, that, that would be funny. Uh, don't worry. I'm, I'm going to have a deal with you later in the show. So after, before we get into the, the crazy uh, questions that I'm going to be asking you. But as you guys know, we are talking to Kansas quarterback recruit Ben Easters. One more good question for me before I go into the crazy questions. <laughs> when you look at defenses that from, from, college, from high school to college, what stands out to you now playing college football than high school football? Obviously the speed, but what stands out from some of these defensive players? Because you're going to see guys that are bigger, stronger, and the best in, in their, their states. So what really is, are you looking forward to dealing with when it comes to defenses? Um, I look forward, like, with the RPO system that Coach Dearman runs. You know, obviously – Every guy on that on the teams we're playing, especially in the Big 12, we're playing Oklahoma, Texas, Texas Tech, Kansas State. We're playing all those teams. All those kids on those teams were the best on their high school teams. So with the RPOs that we're in a run with Coach Dearman, I look forward to being able to manipulate players. You know, I don't care if that guy runs a, a 4-3-40. You know, if he flies down to the flats, I'm going to throw it over his head. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I look forward to being able to manipulate those defenses with Coach Dearman because – regardless of how athletic the teams are that we play, I think that we're really going to be able to take advantage of them with the offense that we're putting in. Which Big 12 opponent are you most looking forward to facing and why? Uh, I think definitely Oklahoma. You know, um, Kansas I hope State, you smash yeah. them. I hope you smash them. I can't stand Oklahoma. I hope you smash them. Lincoln Riley, pfft, that's all I'm going to say. But go ahead. Uh, Kansas State's a close second because it's a, it's a big rivalry and – you know, I'm looking forward to, like, seeing what that rivalry is like, you know, on the field in the game. But I'd have to say Oklahoma, you know, they bring in the top ten – or, like, the top talent each year. And, like, they're, like, the standard in the Big 12. So I want to play against the standard, and I want to become the standard. You know, I want Kansas football. You know, people are looking at Kansas football, not Oklahoma football. You know, I want to be able to take it to them. No, 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 not Kansas. Where's- ben Easter football i mean when easter comes around you're gonna be like it's my time man it's my time it's easter day it's easter day baby it's easter day baby by the way benno just a side note because you brought up kansas state we actually interviewed their top quarterback recruit as well back in july jake rubley so you guys will probably facing be facing off a lot Oh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, that. Jake He's is cool. cool. Jake is a cool guy, and you'll you'll probably get to know him when you play him because you, you could probably, you know, during the game or after the game, you'll probably have a conversation. Nice kid. Really, really nice kid. Funny, too. Has a good mm-hmm. personality. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, ho- I hope you kick Oklahoma's behind, man. I can't stand them. I, I really can't. Lincoln Riley this and Lincoln Riley this. Baker Mayfield, this guy, Kyler Murray. I don't want to hear this anymore. I want to hear, I want to hear Les Miles. And by the way, I love Les Miles. I've always loved him, even with LSU. I think he was wrongly treated at the end of his uh, stay over there at Absolutely. LSU. Uh, I think they were wrong. And I think uh, they'll make And even though they won a national title, Les Miles would have won a national title with that team. I mean, come on. I mean, that was a good team. Very talented team, but I'm not going to take a shot at their coach right now, but I love Les Miles. I think you're going to have a a great tutor, and he's going to get you to the NFL because he's the type of guy that if you look at his NFL type of players that he has coached over the years, he's he's coached a ton of them, a ton of them. So, you know, so. to get guys to the next level. Absolutely. That's another thing that I really like about him and the whole staff is, you know, they know how to get guys to the next level because they've gotten guys to the next level. Oh, tons. You know? I think so, I think I think it was like 
I think, what was it, like 75 or 80 people or something like that, 80 players in, in the, the last three or four years of his uh, yeah. LSU. His recruiting classes. His yeah. recruiting classes. The last four or five recruiting classes, I think 80 players were drafted. I mean, that's crazy. That's a crazy number. So, I expect him to do the same thing in Kansas. Yeah, and he's, he's, his style of game is an NFL style of game anyway, so I like Les Miles. I, I really do. I think he's a nice guy. I never met him. I never had an inter- I, I never had a conversation with him, but people that do know Les uh, said that he's a down-to-earth, straightforward guy. So it, he was wrongly mistreated from LSU at the end of his, uh, his stay over there. But anyways, why don't we get to the crazy question? Are you ready? Uh, did Jillian tell you that we're going to ask you silly questions? He said that we uh, there would be some crazy questions. So All right. Well, uh, we're going to have some fun with it. And uh, just ride with it, my friend, Mr. Chacha Slide. Okay, here we go. Um, first question, boxers or briefs? And be honest, and why? All right. I'm going to have to go with briefs. And I go with briefs because I feel like at any – no matter what activity I'm doing, whether I can wear briefs out to practice, to school, they – they're the perfect underwear for everywhere. Uh, you're damn boxers, right. I feel like I can't, I can't play a football game in boxers. No, you know? no, no. They, 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 they absolutely. And you have to wear those cups, man. Those jocks. I mean, I, I mean, they, they hang, man. I mean, they hang and they stick. I mean, you have to, you know, I have to protect those things. You know what I mean? I mean, those are the family jewels. I mean, well, moving forward, you're going to Kansas. You're going to be meeting some women. You got to, you got to protect those family jewels, man. Uh, anyways, uh, favorite snack to eat before a game. And why? Um, okay, so before every single game, regardless home or away, I go to the subway that's about a mile away from the school. I always get a foot long ham, American cheese, mm. and mayo. Mm. Every game, I eat that before every game. Sometimes, if I'm feeling good, I'll get a chocolate chip cookie, depending. <laughs> well, you need to put on some weight, so I'm sure Les is probably telling you, eat as many cookies as you want. <laughs> Have you ever had the, the chocolate chocolate chip cookies, the chocolate ones with the white chocolate chips in them? That's I've like. never had the white chocolate chips. I definitely have to lean the dark chocolate chips. I'm more of a dark chocolate guy than white okay. chocolate. I, I agree my, with you. That's my favorite cookie. It's very unique. It's it's all chocolate uh, cookie dough, and it's, it has double chocolate and white chocolate chips. It's so good if you ever if you ever have a Subway that has them. Not all of them have them, though. You know, there's there's a lot of different things to eat. I, I love Oreos. Those are my favorite. I mean, Oreos are incredible. You know, an underrated cookie that not very many people think of that's really incredible is Famous Amos chocolate chip cookies. Love them. Love them. So good. Love so, them. No one ever thinks of that as a top-tier cookie, but it is – it's at the top. You know what I like to do is I like to take all different kinds of cookies and I stick them in the microwave for 10 seconds and I let them cook. Those are so good. And, and I don't care if they fall apart. You stick them in your, your, your yeah. milk and you let it sit in your milk and then you drink it like it's like... – oh, I, I do the same thing when I – whenever I go to Chick-fil-A, I get a chocolate chunk cookie. Oh, yes. You put that in the microwave oh. – that's where it's oh, I've never had that chocolate chunk cookies over there at Chick-fil-A. Very, very good. Well, I'm Ben, I'm going to have to reach out to you and tell you what I think, man, because uh, I love those too. Anyways, um, third question. Uh, blondes or brunettes and why? Um, brunettes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had my girlfriend. We have been dating for over three and a half years good, now. Good, good. Congratulations. Very, very Thank good. You. Thank you. She is a brunette, and I love her very much. So Mm -hmm. I have to lean with brunettes for sure. What is her name? Parker. Parker. Oh, I like that name too. Uh, Is she going? Is she going close to you? Where are you going to college? Or no, unfortunately not. She's going to Purdue. All right. Um, Good school. She's looking to uh, pole vault. 
in college. Mm -hmm. She is a very good pole vaulter. Look at you, man. You got a you got another athlete in the family. So if you ever if you ever get married, you know you might have a little track and field slash football star. You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There get you go, man. Fast kids. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is what we do. Okay, I'm gonna get uh, movie star women. Okay, or people that you know. Okay, I'm gonna give you uh, a bunch of them. And I want you to do it. I want it, not only women; it could be men. I I'm going to let you choose in the order on who you would go on on a date first to last. Are you ready? Okay. All right. So, Speedy, which way should we go? Should we go? We got to go now because a lot of these young guys don't know some of the people. <laughs> yeah. You know? we, we have we have all these recruits that don't know a lot of these uh, '80s actresses and uh, yeah '80s movies. Yeah. Too, so. uh, it, it's it's hopefully. Lost. Hopefully you don't fall into that class, Ben. I'm a big movie guy, so I might I might know some of those. So people. did you see Dirty Dancing? That is that is literally I have I have a list of movies that like I have to you see. You haven't before. seen Dirty Dancing? Dirty Dancing is one of them that I have not. How about Roadhouse? Have you ever seen that? No, I've never seen Roadhouse. Man, right. you gotta write these down, man. I can help you yeah. out. Alright, Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse. Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze movie. Um Next of Kin is another good movie I think you would like, too. Uh, I mean, it's about uh, Patrick Swayze. His brother gets murdered, and uh, he's got, you know, he's a cop, and his other brother tries to kill the, the mafia. That it's, it's great. It's a great storyline. But I, I, I'll send you some so you, you can look it up. I'm trying to help you guys out and get you if, you, if you're a movie girl. Okay, first one, Anna Kendrick. Um, Sandra Bullock. Jessica Albers. Mm. Nicole Ricci. Mm, I don't know who that is. What movie is she? Okay, okay we won't go Nicole Ricci. Uh, Olivia Wilde. Okay. Okay. And Speedy Petey. That's him right over here. <laughs> okay. In order. Don't worry. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna have to go first one, first one, Anna Kendrick okay. at the top. Um, probably Olivia Wilde, number two. Okay, I like Olivia. Okay. Definitely Speedy PD, number three. Wow, over Sandra Bullock? Oh, okay. I'll Sandra take it. <laughs> Sandra Bullock, and then uh, is it Jessica? Jessica Alba. Jessica Albert. So, so you took. Speedy over Sandra Bullock and Jessica Albers. Wow, man. Speedy, you're a, a superstar, man. These guys really do love you, man. I mean, you are a, a trip. I mean, if you want to if you really want to get into conversations, you want to you want to get into a he is so clueless on some of the things. You could talk about disgusting things, he wouldn't even understand what you're talking about. So it is really really funny and, and he he just goes with it because he has no idea what you're talking about. So it's great. I think he's lost and hidden under a rock or something. Anyways, <laughs> there you go. Anyways, Ben, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, we definitely want to get you on uh, if, if, when this season starts next year because you're going to be part of next year's recruiting class. Uh, we would love to get you in and, and, and talk uh, Kansas football and talk about Les Miles and, uh, and his, your thoughts to uh, being the quarterback uh, of the future for Les Miles and, and hopefully an NFL quarterback in the future. I, I would love to get you on again and talk football with you. 
Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. And I look forward to hopefully being on in the future. It was a, this is an awesome experience. I've never had an interview like this before. Well, you know, we're, you know, we're the great ones. Uh, you know, this yeah. guy, you know, you smack him a couple of times in the back of the head, you know, I mean, look at him. I mean, if you want to play pin the, pin the tail on a donkey, I mean, he'd be perfect. I mean, oh, I've already, I've, I've, in Errol's mind, I've already been whacked and stabbed and just hit with pretty much everything. So, yeah. So I the, had a lot of these recruits and a these lot of guests, recruits, you know, like to beat him up. I mean, uh, and, and some of them love them. I mean, we've had, we've had three recruits put him as number one, number one out of the, uh, all the women, they choose him. I mean, yeah, I'll take my 50%, uh, three out of six. We had to tell you, it took me number one, two took me last. That's crazy. You took me, you took me number three, number three over Sandra Bullock and Jessica Albers. I mean, I mean, you're, you're a pretty big hit speedy. I mean, I, you got to shave that beard and put on a wig and maybe you'll look somewhat, uh, Hey, he's, got, to look he's, got at. A, he's got a beard too. So yeah, but you're you're supposed to be something of attractiveness. I mean, this is not attractive. I mean, that's seriously. your opinion. Oh, he doesn't think you're attractive either. He just picked you because he wanted to be nice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. And again, I go. I get. What was I, that bad? I say you look good today, Steve. Okay. <laughs> say, say again. I, again, if you even if you did put me last, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have taken that much into account because I, I know that. But again, I. <laughs> There are some females that think beards are good. So do do what you do. Do what you do, Ben. Don't let him sway you. Oh, Ben. Oh, man. Anyways, Ben, we really appreciate it. Tell the fans how they can find you on social media. We got to get you up, man. You have uh, 1,800 fans following you. We need to get more. We need more. Uh, uh, Twitter, I'm at BenEasters11. Instagram, uh, BenEasters11 underscore. Everyone hit me up. Follow me. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. And by the way, shout out to Jillian for getting Ben on. And she's our, our superstar social media manager. She's great. She, she reaches out to you guys. She's the one that links you guys up with us. And we really appreciate you joining us. And we're, we're, we're definitely going to get you on again, my friends. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I look forward to being on in the future. Absolutely. Ben Easters, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know him, you can listen to the replay of the interview. Uh, he is the new recruit, Kansas Jayhawks quarterback. Love the kid. Uh, smart kid. You can tell he's got a girlfriend named Parker. I mean, you can't beat that. I mean, seriously. Uh, up next, uh, we have 15 minutes until we have our Virginia recruit, tight end Jack Whitmer. On with us. Uh, when we come back, we'll get more into NFL football and some NHL playoff conversation as well here on Down to the Wire. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to, to Down, Down to, to the, the wire. wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hey, little Tupac. Come on. Speedy, come on. Put, give it, get a little oomph to it. Oh. My name is Speedy. I'm here to say I hate fruity pebbles in a major way. I dance around like a little frown, but I have little poor beard, but brown. Oh, I'm not a dancer. I just high heel. I just kick up in the air and flick beer. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying. Flick beer? Flick <laughs> beer, yes. Flick beer. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know where I'm flicking beer out of, but okay. Well, maybe at a, you know, out of a bottle. You know? Maybe. You if I was that talented, yeah. yeah. As you guys know, this is Down to the Wire. We are live every single Monday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember, you can call us at 631-965-4990. 
Download our app by going to iOS, which is WWSRN, which is the Apple, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And go to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Well, well, well. Uh, by the way, shout out to Ben Easters. He's great. Great kid. Fun, fun, fun. And, and I'll tell you this right now. He's straightforward, honest, and I love that about a quarterback. He doesn't hold back, and he just tells you how he feels. So I, I love that. Nothing to hide when it comes to him. So, um, Speedy, I want to get back into the NFL, and we'll finish up with uh, some NHL before. Uh, did you reach out to Mark, by the way? Yes, I did. Was he, Mark coming uh, in? Uh, yeah, he said he'll come in around 730 So we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little uh, football with Mark. I just want to finish up. The, bef- besides those games, another game that really stood out to me is Denver and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I will say this. Denver, Locke is hurt right now. We don't know if Locke will be back next week. Everybody was expecting this Denver team to be explosive and fun to watch this year. In the first two games, they haven't been. Mm-hmm. They really haven't had been. had them as a playoff team. So, yeah. uh, yes, a lot of people had them as a playoff team, a borderline playoff team. I am, I, you know, with all the injuries that we've seen, and Christian McCaffrey was hurt yesterday, Nick Bosa, some of the biggest superstars right now in the NFL got hurt. Yeah. Saquon Barkley. I mean, there are so many. I don't know how bad Christian McCaffrey's injury is, but it could be uh, – it could be he might he might be out for a couple of weeks. He's saying six weeks. High ankle sprain will miss at least six weeks. Wow. So that's huge for, for Carolina. And he's a guy that normally was very durable, so it's kind of surprising. I guess it's for for a lot of these running backs, just only a matter of time. And Jacksonville's playing great, good football. I, I don't know, yeah. about, I don't know about you, but Mischu could be the quarterback of the future. For I him. think so. I he's mean, looked crisp in terms of his throwing, both visually and obviously statistically, he's played very well as He's well. looked good. Yeah, he's looked really good. I, 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 even if they get the number one pick, I would not draft Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if this kid is developing, you see the development of this kid, he's getting better and better every single game. He looks better than Sam. He looks better than Josh Allen. He looks better than a lot of these quarterbacks. Mm. I mean, Mishu is he's the real deal. I, I always liked his talent as like a sleeper coming out of that draft. I never thought he would, be one, get the opportunity to start right away like he did, and two, flourish in a a culture and again circumstances that we've seen with Jacksonville where they've just been very dysfunctional. And again, it's not like he doesn't have talent around him. He has some good receivers. He has a good, he actually has a good offensive line, believe it or not. Uh, That's one of the few strengths that the Jaguars have. Mm. But again, he's flourished under those conditions. He came in, I think his first game, his first full game was in prime time last year against the Titans who went to the AFC championship game and he, he won that game and he almost beat the Titans again yesterday. So he's really done well, both mentally, physically, and again, statistically. And I I agree with you. I want to get into some NHL conversation before we get our next guest on. And at seven 15, we'll be talking to Virginia tight end recruit Jack Whitmer. But I, I, I watched the Stanley cup finals and I, I know it's not the same with the New York Islanders not being there. But this Dallas Stars team has been unbelievable. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to take back whatever I said about this team. And and I'm and Turner, I know you're probably listening. <laughs> um, I got to give you credit. I mean, they have went through some of the hardest teams to go through in the NHL playoffs. And they've beaten them with ease. It's not even close. I mean... How many games have they lost in the playoffs so far? Let's see. They lost the first. No, they lost two against the Flames. Right. Uh, they lost. The Avalanche went to seven, so that's three losses. Right. And then they only lost one against Vegas, so it's a total of six right now. It, it's it's incredible. It, it really is. And they destroyed Tampa in the first game. Mm-hmm. They destroyed them. It wasn't even close, by the way. Uh, and 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 you keep talking. About, everybody keeps talking about the goaltending and this and that. I don't want to hear it anymore. 
because what uh, what we have seen so far is again a co- a, co- a goaltender that nobody even thought of being a starting goaltender in the playoffs for any NHL team all of a sudden starts because of injuries and and this guy has become uh the next thing since uh what's his name again from last year Bennington. Bennington. I mean, Bennington had a terrible season this year as a starting goal, a goaltender. Yeah. He was sensational in the playoffs, and he won the Stanley Cup for uh, the St. Louis Blues. And now you're watching Dallas Stars. And I, what's this guy's name again? I forget. Anton Kudobin. Kudobin. Who's, who's a journeyman. He's an 11-year NHL backup for quite a while. He started on, I think, cer- certain teams that weren't were average at best. Like, he was that kind of player. He's been sensational. He finally got his chance. And again, everyone was, when, when they signed Bishop, everyone was thinking that's going to be the, the missing piece for them for a while. And they, that was the thing that was going to surpass Chicago. Injuries. Chicago uh, was still good at the time. Effect. Not only that, he hasn't played well since he's gotten to Dallas outside of that first season. I, I think it's incredible. What, what the Dallas Stars are doing right now is an incredible thing. And I, and I, I, I hear that Stamkos is inching closer to coming to the light, you know, playing for the Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think it's going to make a difference. I, I really don't. Stamkos, it's going to take him at least two to three games to get his feet under him. I mean, you've been out of the game for at least over a little bit over a month. That's a long time. And, and actually, it's been longer than that because of COVID. So yep. it's been like three months mm-hmm. that Sam Coase hasn't played. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know if, if Tampa is going to come back in this series. I, I just think Dallas, this is the year for Dallas. You wonder, though, if Sam Coase also helped from, from a leadership perspective because you saw the, the young lightning, even though some of them did play in the Stanley Cup against Chicago in 2015. A lot of those players, again, this is a first-time thing for them. It, it was the bright lights. So – from a leadership perspective, a veteran like Stamkos could, can definitely help out. And you're right. He might not even play the, the minutes that he played just because he's coming back. He is rusty. But, again, that could also help some of the younger players on those other lines. They might just keep the first line together and put Stamkos number two. Petrangelo, uh, uh, Petrangelo, who is the captain of the St. Louis Blues, is now going to be let go, and he's going to be going into free agency. Wow. And this is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Now, everybody, all the Ranger fans are probably lined up. There is no way so. the Rangers are going to be able to I doubt him. it, but I hope so. That, that, how are you going to hope it? There's no way they can land him. How are they going to bring, bring a Petrangelo in after they gave Panarin no, 10.5? I, I don't think they will. There's I'm no saying, way they could do that. That's why unless, I said I just Unless hope so. he takes a pay cut. Right. And he's not going to do that. This guy is going to get his big contract. He's going to get $9 million a year. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. Oh, easily. And he's 29 years old, 28 years old. He's in the prime of his career. You think the Rangers are going to get him? There's no way the Rangers are going to get him. There's no way. Mm-hmm. He might even he might even just test free agency and go back to. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Look if he goes for back the to Avalanche. Look for the Avalanche. I can see that. Mm-hmm. A team that has a lot of money and and has a lot of opportunity. They're a border. They they were one of the favorites to coming out of the Western Conference this year with the talent that they have. You had a a veteran of that magnitude to this defense. I mean, that's going to solidify them. And he'll probably he'll probably wear the C next year mm-hmm. if he goes over there. I, I think they're. I think Petrangelo, the fact that he's going to be a free agent is, is a big loss for St. Louis. That doesn't make any sense. He's the best player on their team. I mean, you can argue that he's the best player I, on the team. I think he is. I think he has been for a while, and he's very well-rounded. Also, Again, he's more of a defensive defenseman, but he's good offensively too, good speed, good passing ability, stuff like that. I think he is. Yeah, he has been the best player, and I think the last probably six, seven years, he's been a top-five defenseman. Hel- how, how do you pronounce his last name? Hal Buick, whatever his name is. Uh, Winnipeg goalie. Winnipeg goalie. Hellebuck. Hellebuck. He won the Venzian Trophy uh, today. Uh, Josie of the Predators wins the Norris Trophy as mm-hmm. the best defenseman of the league. So 
Uh, you're starting to see, you, you heard, if, if anybody in here, all you Ranger fans that say the Islanders are not in a, a good state of mind, the, the GM of the year is Lou Lamorello. So just so you guys know, last year the coach of the year was Barry Trotz, and this year the GM of the year was Lou Lamorello. So what does that tell you Ranger fans where the Islanders are? They're under good management. That's where they are. So all you Ranger fans that say that the Islanders are not going to be a good team moving forward, I don't know what you're watching because this team has got is light years from what they were uh, three years ago. Light years. So I think the Islanders are in a good state of mind. I could see the Islanders um, getting um, a, a fantastic uh, uh, free agent in this free agency class. Uh, the question is, who are they going to drop? Matty Martin, I don't know if they're going to bring him back. There's a couple. Uh, I do believe they'll trade uh, Casey Sezikis in the offseason. Uh, they're going to try to move Clutterbuck because his, his, his contract is very, very uh, expensive. I also heard that Boychuk, be, being that he only has two years left on his contract, it, it's ticing for teams to pick that up because that's six, seven million under the cap if they pick that up. So um, I feel like that'll be more of a trade deadline thing. I don't know about an offseason. No, thing. they're saying that they'll, they'll trade him in the offseason. He's a guy that. Uh, the Islanders will definitely look to move. I think the Islanders will still have to take on part of the contract, though, if that kind of not, trade, like, not necessarily that kind of because, trade does happen. Not necessarily because it's $6 million under the cap after the two years. So uh, a team that is not expected to win in the next year, year and a half, I could see a team taking that Boychuk contract. And, oh, you, you think they'll do something yeah. like what the Coyotes did yes. when they traded for all those retired players? Yes, I, I, I do. I, I think there's a couple of – couple of pieces that the Islanders need to bring back. Barzell, obviously, is a restricted free agent. They don't have to sign him this year, no. but he's a restricted free agent. You want to give him the money. Uh, Thames, who's a free agent, he's a restricted free agent. You don't have to sign him. You can hold out for, for him for next year. You can tell Thames, well, we'll, we'll keep you and we'll, we'll give you the contract next year and just give Barzell and try to bring in another player uh, of their thought to help out uh, with their offense because they need that offensive help. Or they can bring in Petrangelo, a guy, a guy like that, to solid, really solidify their defense. That would for the be future. amazing if any team that picks up Petrangelo. But even the Islanders, with a, a system in Trotz's that's very similar what he, for, with what uh, St. Louis had too. Very physical, very good defensive systems in both places. And you see a lot of those, a lot of the Blues and Capitals uh, mutual, have mutual players mm-hmm. in Trotz's time there, and then right. they got traded to St. Louis later or something like that. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to Virginia tight end recruit Jack Whitmer here on Down to the Wire. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're, you're You're listening listening to Down to to the the Wire wire. on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ho! Speedy got some good music today. I mean, DJ Speedy. As you guys know, this is Down to the Wire. We are live every single Monday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. You can call us if you want to speak to Speedy. I, I don't know if you want to speak to him. If you want to speak to me, you can call me after the show. I mean, whatever you want to do. Uh, 631-965-4990. And... If you haven't checked out our website, go to WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Download our app for you fans. You can watch and listen to our show live. If you, if you can't find us on any digital platform, it's very simple. 
Go to iOS, WWSRN. It's for the fans. I made, I got this app, spent a lot of money on this app for you fans. So you can stay in touch, watch our shows, watch the replays, the clips of our shows, the stories that we write. It's all for the fans. How many digital platforms have their own app? We're one of very few, okay? And we are... Uh, as good as any platform out there. So you can kiss my rear end if you don't think so. so. <laughs> and you can go to Android and go to Worldwide Sports Radio Network as well. It's all for you. Anyways, our second guest, by the way, shout out to uh, Ben Easters, uh, quarterback recruit from Kansas, for joining us. We, we've been interviewing every top recruit in college football and some college baseball. Uh, it, it's great. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Jillian for getting all the recruits. And this guy, we are now talking to Virginia tight end recruit Jack Whitmer. What's going on, Jackie? Hey, what's going on? How are you all? I, I know nobody calls you Jackie, so, I, you know. I'm going to try to figure out a nickname for you. You know, we call Mr. Easter's Easter Man. We call him the Easter Man, right? What, what do we call him today? Easter Man? Yeah. Easter Man. So uh, we, we called him Ben Easter, the Easter Man Easter's. So, so we, we figure out some nicknames, and if you like it, maybe it'll stick to you, and you'll use it when you, uh, you go to play college football. But anyways, uh, how are you and your family doing with this pandemic? Uh, we've been good. You know, it's... Um... Hasn't taken too much of a toll on us down here. You know, we've um, been taking it slow, but everything's, you know, pretty much back open here in Texas. So it's been great. So let me ask you this question. Uh, we we look at the, the tight end position. We've interviewed some of the best tight ends in the country recruits. They're fantastic tight end recruits. When you look at the position and the transition of the game from college football, high school football to college football, and now even the NFL, you need to be about six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds, brutally strong, can run uh, a forty and like four seven. Where do you see yourself uh, when it comes to the speed and the ability and the agility moving forward to college football? You know, right now, that's, you know, one of the biggest things I've been focusing on is, you know, just trying to get my speed, you know, up to like the standards and also while keeping that weight on super high. So, um, you know, I've been working on the speed, you know, I already dropped 0.3 seconds in my 40, just working on it wow. um, through this whole coronavirus break. So I went from a 5.2 to a 4.9 now. So hopefully by the time I show up to Virginia, I'll be able to run at least a 4.8. That's my goal. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, you brought up my next point nicely. Uh, tight end versatility we've seen in, in this in this league today with a lot of tight ends that are playing like wide receivers. They line up outside like wide receivers if they're the best offensive option on the team. So have you been using a lot of those kinds of roles, either whether in the backfield or in the slot or outside like we see with Gronk a lot of the time? Have you been using that, those kinds of roles, and do you think they'll expand it even more? At Virginia? Uh, yeah, just in general, both at Virginia and maybe across college football, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I do think personally that a tight end is one of the, the most important roles in college football. You know, um, it's a wide receiver, but, you know, you can have him on the field. You can have run power right behind him or you can, you know, have a mismatch nightmare against him against the linebacker, you know. So I think personally that it's going to be one of the biggest positions in these coming up years is just going to be the tight ends, just knowing all the guys that I know that are going to play college ball and how athletic and able body they are to play. We are talking to Virginia tight end recruit, Jack Whitmer. Now, Jack, I, I see that you're a three-star recruit, which is it's, it's highly rated and highly coveted. When you look at Virginia, what made you decide to go vir- to Virginia? All the different schools that were 
um, recruiting you. I, I see. I think Arkansas State was in, uh, actually recruiting you, right? Mm-hmm. There were a couple of really yes, good schools uh, recruiting you. What made you decide to go Virginia out of all the other schools? So what really did it for me at Virginia is academics are one of the most important things to me. So, you know, I can't really ask for a better school um, academically than Virginia. You know, there's there's very few schools in the nation where you're going to be playing Power 5 football, winning games, and having that type of education. So that's, that's really what did it for me at Virginia. But then also, you know, um, Coach Mendenhall and then the position coaches and stuff and the staff, they really made me feel loved and – it was just a great experience, and I even went up there a little bit, walked around campus myself. I really see myself there. So I asked the same question to Ben. I mean, your school has been one of the college basketball powerhouses for a while, except for the year they lost the 16 seed, which by UMBC, which, by the way, I predicted, by the way. I was one of the few people that did. But, but they did win the national championship <laughs> the next year, redeemed themselves. But, again, they've always been more He likes that. blowing his head up, Jack. So <laughs> It blows up like this. It's like a balloon. Okay, that was, that was one of my boldest and proudest predictions. Yes, okay. Mm. So, again, no, more known as a basketball school, but progressed nicely as a football school last year. Made the ACC championship game. They were number 23. I think they finished in the nation. So, do you think the support for the college ba- uh, college football program will either surpass or even come close to the college basketball program in your time there? Do you think it's growing that much? I definitely do. You know, with um, just looking at the years since Coach Mendenhall has been hired there, you can see just the progress the football team has already made. And, you know, just the way he does things and the way the program is built, there's um, no reason that, it, that we couldn't be one of the best teams in the country coming up in the next few years. As you guys know, we are talking to Virginia tight end recruit Jack Whitmer. Now, the tight end position, like Speedy was saying, it, 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 there's so much more entailed to the position now. You, not only catching the ball, you're six foot six, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. You're still a kid. Boy, you're seventeen, eighteen years old. You're not even grown into your body yet. You're, you're probably by the time you're you're ready to play college football, you'll. You'll, you'll probably be about 20 pounds heavier and you're running you're, you're running your 40 like a second faster. I mean, it's incredible. The athletes that we see in college football go all the way into the NFL and, and the ability and the agility that you guys have. So what really stands out to you as a college football player now? Uh, not only catching the ball, but now you have to be a pass blocker. What what? What is the difference from the transition to high school to college? What, what really stands out to you now going to play college football? So, I mean, playing in Texas at, at the 6A level, at one of the biggest divisions, you know, it's um, people like to acquaint it very similarly. Like, there won't be too much of a difference to college football. But, you know, obviously just, just playing against the people you're playing against. You're not playing against someone who's going to be, you know, 40 pounds less than you. Whenever you're playing against someone in college football, they'll be – your same weight, even probably even more, you know, and as a tight end, you can be at blocking anyone from a D tackle to a cornerback. So there's just the level of talent that you go against is just so much better. And then also just like route running wise and terminology wise, there's just another level of the game that you unlock whenever you go to college. So you brought up Texas high school football. It's one of the most unique things culturally. It's it's a big deal over there for them, bigger than even some other professional sports. You see, huge. It's huge out there. You see the, all these big stadiums for for high school football. So what Friday some, night lights. Yeah. What were some of your favorite parts of just that whole Texas football experience, either in wins or losses? So I mean, going to my high school, we're we're known to be one of the better teams in Texas six A, and we um, you know, it's. It's it's a special thing to be able to play football for a school this big. And, 
games are incredible out there. You know, um, personally, my favorite game was last year, our playoff game. We played the Katy Tigers, which is another powerhouse team. And there was 15,000 people in the stands for just our high school game. And you can imagine how loud and crazy just a high school football game was in the second round of the playoffs in Texas. And that's, that's, that's gotta be one of my favorite memories. You know, we did end up losing, but it was a, it was a great game to play in. Well, Texas, I, I watched Friday Night Lights, and if you haven't watched the movie, it, it's based out of a football team in Texas. And I, I think Texas football is the best in the country. There, there's not even you go look at some of the great uh, prospects or recruits that come out to go play Division One football. They're all practically from Texas, uh, some from Florida, and some from New Jersey. I mean, those are the the top place. Texas being one, I'd say Florida number two, and New Jersey being number three. It's it's really crazy. Uh, some California players, but uh, mainly Texas. So uh, the fact is, the fact is, is what, when you look at the tight end position, and you look at the wide receiver position. I believe the wide receiver position is a prima donna position. Okay, it, it's always been, and it, it's been even more now than it ever has. You got the Odell Beckhams, the Jarvis Landry's, the Antonio Browns. When you look at the tight end position, honestly, is there a particular player that you look at yourself to be as uh, the up-and-coming player going to Virginia? Do you look at yourself as a, a Gronkowski type of player? What, what type of player do you look at yourself as to compare and contrast your style of game? So, you know, if I had to compare myself to just like one player in the league, I would say Zach Ertz. Okay, um, I like Zach. Just from mentality-wise, just – we have the same mentality wise, school wise, where he chose, he chose Stanford, very similar school. And then also just the way he plays, you know, he's, he's not afraid to put his hand in the ground and block, but then he also is a great pass catcher and has a great ability to make a play after catching the ball. I don't, I don't know what NFL team you root for, but did you have a, did you have a reaction? He's a Dallas, he's a Dallas Cowboys specific when, guarantee when, right? when Zach Ertz no? scored the winning touchdown no, in that Texan. Super Bowl. Houston Texans. Oh, oh. Well, Deshaun Watson, but I you needed to fire O'Brien. Ha, have you fired your uh, Have you filed your uh, your resume to be their GM because oh they need one? <laughs> they need a GM. They need a coach. <laughs> I mean, that team is that team is. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. I feel bad for him because he's fantastic. He's a fantastic um, quarterback. He's one of the, to me. He's one of the top five best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I, I really do. I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's many quarterbacks better than him. And I feel bad for him because that offensive line, I don't care what anybody says, that reconditioned offense, that <laughs> offensive line is terrible. And, and they have no offensive weapon. I don't know what they were thinking trading Hopkins away. Not only that, they have, no like, all their receivers are the same. They're all small, Garbage. deep threat type guys who always get hurt. Garbage. And David Johnson, you bring in a guy that hasn't played for three years. Does that make sense to you? I don't know. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about you. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Oh, I thought Jack was saying something. So I was going to ask. Uh, I'm ter- talking to you. Okay. I didn't I'm know. talking to Jack. <laughs> All right. So See I- what I mean? The head is big, man. The head is big. Look at that. I mean, look at that. It's small in comparison to the rest of my family, but yeah. Well, well I'm not comparing. How about your mom's head? Uh, it's bigger than that. <laughs> so, so Jack, so Jack, uh, we were talking about the tight end position from like how skilled they are uh, from that standpoint. Also, from the financial position, we saw George Kittle get a huge contract, and then Travis Kelsey shortly after got a huge contract extension. So, obviously, the quarterbacks are always going to be paid the most. Yep. But we're seeing contracts now that are probably not where receiver contracts are, but they're not far behind. Can you see that kind of thing? continuing to happen with more top tight ends even though again it's a position that's a lot harder to find can you see it where they're paid just as much or not far behind from receivers 
Uh, without a doubt, you know, with the way the league is trending right now, you know, every you see every team holding two, three tight ends that they're putting on the field at once and stuff. And, you know, having a great tight end is one of the greatest things. Just seeing the Super Bowl last year, both teams, best two tight ends in the league, you're playing with them. So those guys, to me, deserve to be paid, you know, as much as receivers, even more than receivers, you know, because they don't get as many breaks as receivers on and off the field. You know, they're on the field almost every play. No, I agree with you. I think tight ends should be paid more than wide receivers. I think that I, I think to have a top wide receiver on your team, it's it's rare. I mean, come, come on. How many top wide receivers are in the NFL? Seven? Six? Maybe? Mm-hmm. Maybe? I mean, seriously, there's not many. So to have a top wide receiver on your team, that's a that's a weapon that look at the Patriots all those years. They had Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski. I mean, how many weapons? That those are two weapons. That's why they were so good. I don't care. Tom Brady is. I mean, I, I, I can tell you. I don't want to talk about it on radio, but I can tell you what I'll do to Tom Brady. But that, that's just a whole other story. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I will get off that subject because it, it does annoy me that he won yesterday. I'm not a very happy camper, but he didn't play great though. <laughs> well, he doesn't play great because he's not good. Okay, he's not good anymore. Tom Brady is not good anymore. He hasn't been good in three years. And, and, and Brady fans need to stop jumping on his high horse because it's a joke. And Gronkowski couldn't catch a ball if he threw it at him six or seven times, okay? He's a joke now. He should not be playing football. He's a great court, he's a great tight end. He's one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game. But he, he does not belong on the field anymore. That's why he retired, and he shouldn't be coming back. Anyway, so uh, before we let you go, we're going to ask you some silly questions. Are you ready? I'm ready for it. I'm sure Jillian uh, told you a little bit about this. Yeah, she did. Okay, good. All right. First question, and answer it seriously. Uh, boxers or briefs and why? So me, I don't wear it either. I'm, I'm a compression shorts guy, but if I had to choose between the two, then I'd have to go with boxers just because, you know, you can have, like, a style with your boxers. You know, they have so many, like, cool different styles and stuff. You have, like, Star Wars ones or, like. You can do that with boxer other briefs. Ones Come with, on, like, man. Boxer briefs have that, too. But I gotta say, boxes, you know, just lengthwise and everything too. Well, you're, you're very few. They're very few. I listen. I, I the reason why I'd say no boxes is because I don't want them to hang to the ground. I mean, you're you're playing a sport. You're getting hit. I mean, these things juggle. You know. I mean, they're slapping against your leg. I mean, that that hurts. You know, that hurts. Uh, I know. I was an athlete. Uh, trust me. It, it wasn't. I when I was a kid, everybody was. What do you wear? At, at the time, there were some boxer briefs because I'm 38 years old. I don't look 38, but I'm 38. When I was playing sports, uh, they were tidy whities So that's what I was playing. I was going commando. <laughs> so, you know, if you ask me, I'd rather be commando than wearing boxers because it's, like it's like wearing nothing anyways when you wear boxers. I mean, they slap against your leg and they hurt. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, second question. Um, Favorite snack to eat before a game and why? So my favorite snack to eat before a game is definitely barbecue. But this is like night before the game. We always have barbecue. And, um, you know, Texas barbecue can't beat it. So that's my favorite thing before the game or night before the game. But right before a game, I'd either have to go to Chick-fil-A or Subway. You know, you, you don't, don't fart. Have too much I mean, time I, to eat. Oh, man, you probably smell up the room, man. I, if you... I know this. I was in Austin. I was in Austin for a bachelor party, and I wanted to have this famous, like, Texas barbecue, and I did. I, I, they feed you, man. When you go in there, you, they give you a lot Everything's of— Everything's bigger in Texas. Oh, my— well, 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 a lot of things, Speedy. A lot of things that go over your head, too. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, 
I went into a, a, a place, and, and I, they gave me so much food, I couldn't even ha- eat half of it. And I have a big I, – I can eat. I could not eat anywhere close to it. I took it home. I still couldn't eat it at, at the place that we were staying for the bachelor party. So I, I don't – and I was farting up a storm after that. I was – I was – the barbecue, I mean, they really, really drenched that stuff. So I love it. I love the barbecue. It's just – Man, oh, man, you probably smelling up the locker room if you're eating Texas barbecue over there before a game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're probably right. Yeah, but you know what, man? Uh, you're all pals. You're all brothers, so it doesn't really matter. I'm sure you do a lot of crazy things in the locker room. So, <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> he knows. But anyways, um, third question, blondes or brunettes and why? Uh, I would have to go with brunettes because um... – I don't know. I just – I don't even know why. Just naturally. I'm a brunette. I like brunettes. You're a brunette. Uh, do you have a girlfriend? Uh, no. No, oh, he thought about it for a second. So he must be hanging out with somebody, uh-huh. trying to, in, you know, in, like kind of give him that – give her that, that thought. You know, maybe, you know. Are you talking to somebody? You must be. Yeah, no. So I, I mean, I have, a, I have a girlfriend, but she moved away okay. to San Diego, and then we like ended, stopped dating, mm-hmm. but we still like talking stuff. So That's it's good. like, well, you know, you never know, you never know with that, you know, and everything could, uh, everything happens for a reason. She went to San Diego. It's beautiful over there. It's beautiful. Over there. I know. Is she it's going to jealous. school? Is she going to school over there, San Diego or San Diego State? Yeah, uh, Point Loma, actually. Oh, okay. Smart girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. You see that, Speedy? She'll become a surfer by the time she gets back to Texas. She'll be a surfer. So there you go. Oh, she already was before she left. <laughs> so there you go. And there's not a lot of beaches over there in, in Texas. There's some, you know, on the outskirts of Texas, but inner part of the Texas, there's really no beaches over there. You know, when I was there, yeah. You know, so she must have really drove far to go and surf. So. Mm-hmm. So there's a beach about an hour away in, in Galveston, and okay. she drive like every weekend to go do it. Okay. Well, well, there you go. So this is what we're going to do, all right? I am going to give you particular um, movie stars or so- singers or, or something of that magnitude. I'm going to pick singers. Oh. Women. I'm going to go with women singers, okay? I'm going to give you a bunch of singers, okay? And I want you, it could be women, it could be a man, okay? I want you in order, who would you date from one to five? Are you ready? In order. Okay. Okay. So, first one, Rihanna. Two, Christina Aguilera. Three, Mariah Carey. Four, Taylor Swift. Five... Mm, Axel Rose. Nice. Okay, so uh, number one, I'd go with Taylor Swift because I like like old Taylor Swift music. Like everyone on the football team does. Like it's like a like an inside joke with us. Yeah, she likes to talk then about. Two, she likes to talk about her old boyfriends. Uh, that's what she loves to do. So of course, of course, she does. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then uh, number two, I'd go with uh, Mariah Carey. So you can always. You know, anytime you want, you could just hear Christmas music. You'd be like, hey, let me, oh, you're one of those <laughs> people. Sing some Christmas music. <laughs> really, you're one of those people. Yeah, well, it's nothing bad. Yeah, and then I'm trying to remember. So, what were the other, other Rihanna, three that you said? Rihanna, Christina Aguilera, and Axl Rose. 
So I'm going to go number three, Rihanna. Just, I also like Rihanna's music. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like some good vibes music is listening to like old Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go Christiana Aguilera. I mean, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who the last person is either. So we had singer of Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses, man. Come on. Welcome to the jungle. Oh. Uh, you know him. Welcome to I know the what, jungle. I know what Guns N' Roses is. I don't know the band. <laughs> Come on, Speedy. Sing the song. Come he's, on. he's the crazy lead singer, and he's has been known for doing a lot of give, crazy give things us a part. on stage. Sing us, give, him, give him the hit. Give him the hit. Welcome to the, Welcome to the jungle. We got fun games. <laughs> if you got everything you want, but we know the name. There we go. <laughs> He's not a singer, man. There you go, Jack. That's why I wasn't on the list. Not like the last guest. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would have put you dead last, too, man. I, I don't care if they put me last. I'm just saying. I put you dead last. I wouldn't even put you. <laughs> I know. You've mentioned that last week. Again, I'm not annoyed. I'm not annoyed at that, and I never will be. I'm just saying. Uh, oh, man. Jack, you I am not, what I'm not on the singer's list. <laughs> this guy, man. I'm lost, man. I am absolutely lost. I got to deal with this every day. This is my producer slash partner on this show, and he gives me such a headache, man. Jack, I mean, seriously, you could take my spot, man. I'm lost. I- I'll play tight end for your team. I'm not anywhere close to 6'6". I mean, like 5'10". I mean, you're about seven inches bigger than me. I mean, so I don't know if I'd be a good tight end, but I could catch the ball. Probably better than half the players on the Jets. So there you go. <laughs> Anyways, Jack, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media? Uh, Twitter is at underscore Jack Wimmer and Instagram is Jack Wimmer. I appreciate you having me on, though. Absolutely, man. And uh, when the season starts, when you're ready, we'd love to get you back on to talk a little Virginia football um, and and talk a little bit about your growth as a player and, and where you see yourself moving forward. Do you, do you see yourself uh, with your size and your ability possibly playing pro football? Uh, for sure. That's definitely my goal. You know, definitely goal in college, win the Mackey, and then goal professionally is play, you know, NFL. It. You know, by the time I get to NFL, Kelsey, Ertz, and them might be too old. Might be time to take one of their spots. There you go, man. And then and you'll invite us to your draft party, and we'll do some dancing. We'll smack Speedy a couple times in the head. There we go. Only if you play Guns N' Roses. He'll <laughs> 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 get, get to know who Axl Rose is a little more. Well, Even though he said he knows if some he, of the If he has to hear your voice, I wouldn't listen to him either. So there you go. <laughs> okay, I'm not Axl Rose. <laughs> obviously not. I'm not Axl Rose. Obviously, obviously not. Anyways, yeah. Jack, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. We'll get you on soon. Uh, you're great. Thank you. No problem. Thanks you. I'll have him on. Uh, absolutely. As you guys know, we were just talking to Virginia tight end recruit Jack Whitmer. Great kid. Great kid. Great personality. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I, I, first of all, he's very confident. Six foot six, 200 and some odd pounds. I mean. What the hell is that behind you, Mark? What the hell is that? Is that like uh, the end of the world right there? (laughs) Anyways, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we'll have Mark Kelly on the show here on Down to the Wire. You're, you're, You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to, to Down, down to, to the, the wire. wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Let me see, let me see. Holy, what you doing? I've knocked All right, I'm not a singer. Anyways, yeah, we know. As you guys know, this is Down to the Wire. We are live every single Monday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. You can call us at 631-965-4990, and you can download our 
beautiful app. All you got to do is go to iOS, which is Apple, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, I want to give a shout-out to Ben Easters, the uh, quarterback recruit from Kansas, and Jack Whitmer for joining us, Virginia tight end recruit. Great kids, uh, great interviews. If you haven't listened to it, you'll ha- we'll have it up, and you'll definitely have to hear the clips and, and follow and listen to the show if you missed it. We have our third guest, and we have him every single Monday, and that is Mark Kelly. What's going on, Mark? How is Alabama? Hey guys, how are you doing? Uh, it's okay. It's more like you hate New it. York here right now uh, hmm. because it's very brisk. I mean, it's like a, a New York fall here. Uh, it's it's sunny and uh, it was it's windy. I like and, it. Uh, it's, it's, it's rather quite comfortable now after being so ungodly hot the first couple days uh, that I was down here. So I'm really glad that uh, we're kind of getting back to. A little more normal weather, but it, I mean, it's probably going to go right back to being being uh, hot, but but not like it was last week. I mean, last week it was really so. Really, are you, really so, are you ready for your segment? Because we got we got a nice twenty minutes for your segment. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, Speedy, give it to us. This is Mark it up. Mark it up. Mark it up. Mark it up. All right, Mark, go right ahead. All right, so I, I'm sure you guys saw yesterday with. Uh, to me, the game of the day, without a doubt, yesterday was Dallas and Atlanta. And it just shows to me how Atlanta's problem over these last couple of years, I mean, it was it was just, I think the most extreme example was the Super Bowl, obviously, when they're up 28-3 and they can't hold on to that lead. But they've done things like this over the course of the last four or five years. And really going back to Matt Ryan, who I love. I really love Matt Ryan. I think he's a great quarterback. But he gets victimized by the defense's inability to close games. I mean, the last time I saw an onside kick box like that was the championship game between Green Bay and Seattle, where Green Bay had the game won and they could not you know, finish the game with a by recovering a simple onside kick. And they, that cost them going to the Super Bowl. So that, to me was probably one of the most, yeah, I mean, it, it's not like I can't, can't say I didn't expect it because you just come to learn about certain things that Atlanta's going to do. Actually, the last time that a team blew, uh, or actually allowed, by, they allowed 570 total yards. The last time a team did that was Atlanta last year. So, and, and that doesn't happen every day. It's only happened, you know, maybe, you know, in NFL history, maybe like 60 or 70 times. Last time Dallas did it was 2018, and they've only done it five times in their career, put up that many yards. So I thought it was a great job by Dallas to come back. Uh, I think they never gave up. I mean, they're down 15 with like two two minutes and 50 seconds left. There was like a 1.6% chance of them winning. So that to me was, without a doubt, the the best thing I saw yesterday as far as the one o'clock football games. Yeah, oh, where you guys come from, okay. And where I, where I come from, obviously, is uh, watching the Jets play. I mean, that that is just an example of futility in itself. But <laughs> what 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 again? Joke. What are you really expecting? Um, I I think most fans expected to see better production out of the offense. I can't really get on. You know, I, I like what Joe Douglas did, and I am committed to him as as a fan. I think he's doing the right thing. I think it's about time that a GM did that, but. You can see that as long as he gets guys, you're going to want a coaching staff in there that can coach them. 
and that can take them to the levels that they're supposed to get to if they've underachieved or if they haven't been given their chance. So that is what I worry about with gays. I think everybody else worries about that too. I mean, I was telling Speedy last year, you know, when Ryan and I were doing the show, we had come up with a, with a song and in, in, uh, with, with the, the, the tune to um, We Didn't Start to Fire, to Adam Gay Should Be Fired. And we wrote the lyrics and everything. It was great. And, and I you sang it? Out. Yeah, I, 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 still, I still have the lyrics. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, 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 I'll give it to you next time. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I got I to gotta find it, but we yeah, have written out everything. That yeah, would be interesting. Errol will probably make you sing it on air. <laughs> well, I mean, we, how about we, we do a group sing, okay? We'll do All like right. a TikTok group sing. Uh, I mean, it's only copies yeah. of the lyrics, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll have to give you copies of the lyrics. Although I'm going to have to adjust them a little bit with uh, what's kind of happened the last couple of days. But uh, I, I think that's a great example of what Jet fans are uncomfortable with. And that's because with Adam Gase, he was a guy that underachieved in Miami. Most most believe he underachieved. Most believe he's a head case. Most believe that what everything Jamal Adams says about him is true. That he's not a guy that, that is for the whole team. He's, he, you know, what he's good at, he thinks he's better than he actually is. I mean, for him to be labeling himself a genius, I mean, that's a little ridiculous when you consider the offensive numbers. And where he's finished in, in the in offense totals. I'll tell you, Mark, I'll tell you who does look like a genius right now. And that's mm-hmm. whoever drafted Justin Herbert because he looks like he's the real deal. Oh, because of how he played yesterday against the Chiefs? He played yeah, very I know a couple well. Guys, uh, a couple guys said the same thing uh, in the reports I read, that they really liked what they saw out of Justin Herbert yesterday. I'd have a surprise start. No one expected him to start. So, you know, I mean, to play that well against the Chiefs, I mean, that looked, that looked pretty good for him. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He played better than Patrick Mahomes did. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's not easy to do. No. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is one of the top three quarterbacks in the league, and this kid never played in an NFL game and made almost every single throw. Uh, he did everything right besides making one bad throw. I mean, it was fantastic. It was a fantastic showing. I think the L.A. Chargers are in a very good state now that they see that they have their franchise quarterback, I think he's going to be a franchise quarterback. He's very good. Outside of, uh, again, outside of that one interception, he played phenomenally. Could you stop bringing up that interception? Every quarterback throws uh, an interception. Well, well hey, no. Guys. If you look at the play, he could have easily Errol. ran for a first down. That's why I'm Errol. saying it. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm sure you remember that there was a guy um, called Browning Nagel that threw for 300 yards. Yeah, I remember. Yards in his first game as a starting quarterback. Yes, I, I, I met him a couple of times, Mr. Okay. Uh, so every, every time I, I, I think uh, to get excited about a quarterback, I remember that game, 366 yards against Atlanta down in the um, down in that dome that they had just built in 1992. Everyone thought the Jets were 5-0 in the preseason. Everyone thought he was going to be the next great quarterback. And what, they went 4-12 and that year. It had a Dennis Bird injury, all the bad things that happened that year, and then he never heard from him again. Speedy so, wasn't even born, so there you go. I'm pretty sure the 4-0 preseason doesn't really matter. The 0-16 Lions went 4-0 in the preseason. 5-0, Speedy. 5-0. Oh, 5-0. Okay. Oh, the one, the one game. Still undefeated, yet the 0-16 Lions went 4-0 in the preseason. <laughs> right, well, there you go. It just goes to show you how, how, how little it means. Uh, but, you know, looking at the other 1 o'clock games, I think there were 14 games or 14 teams yesterday that had 30 or more points, and I was trying to get that trying to find out, put together a concoction on how I could figure out if that was a record or not. I hadn't figured out how to do it. And I hadn't seen anybody else comment on it. But that's got to be a kind of, some kind of a record. I mean, 
there was a tremendous scoring outburst yesterday that made the games really fun to watch. Uh, another team that jumped up on people that didn't expect it, but you guys had talked about it. Some of the guys that, um, that you know, Errol, that you teach, a lot of them mentioned it too, is Arizona mm-hmm. and Kyler Murray. I mean, think about where the Jets would be if they were to hire Kingsbury instead of of Gaze, which is when there was talk of them hiring Kingsbury, and a lot of Jet fans didn't want that either because nobody had heard of him either. But look at what he's done, especially when they were in the position where they had drafted Rosen, and then they decided that he wasn't a guy, and then the next year they drafted quarterback right away again, Kyler Murray. He's going to be special. He's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, so you look at where they were when they were drafting Kyler Murray first last year, a lot of people didn't think that was the right thing, that maybe they were overreacting. They didn't, didn't give Rosen enough of a chance. But look how it's worked out for them. And, I mean, Murray clicks with uh, with his new his new wide receiver there that he got from Buffalo, uh, or excuse me, from, from Houston. So uh, I think that he, they, they, I mean, they beat the 49ers in San Francisco, and then uh, the Redskins weren't, you know, they doesn't look like they're going to be hard to beat. They're going to be hard to beat. But they they look pretty good. And one of the hardest things to coach against is a quarterback's ability to get yards with broken plays. And Russell Wilson, you can't defend against it. Yeah, and Russell Wilson, another guy. He has nine touchdowns and what only eleven incompletions so far. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, but I I was really disturbed at the end of that game last night when on third and one. They, they, they throw a deep pass when all they got to do is get one yard, run out the clock. They gave New England every chance to win that game. They always do. They the ball back to New England in that spot. They always do. They did that in the Super Bowl. And they I mean, should have two Super Bowl championships, not one. I, but we well, know yeah, Seattle does things unconventionally anyway. So, so for, does Atlanta. for everyone that doesn't work, it does work. So does Atlanta. If you Atlanta saw does it unconventionally in a different another way. Seattle head co- another Seattle coach. Another stupid coach. And Mark's right. They've done it a lot. So eh, maybe some take some pressure of the one think, who usually criticize. Yeah, I, I just think you have – I mean, why, why do that? I mean, you, you got to learn from something. I mean, third one day, they, there's no way. No way Cam Newton should have got that ball back. And as they're sitting on a two-yard line with, you know, three seconds left after they used that last time out. And, you know, as a guy who's seen New England win those games time and time over uh, again – I'm thinking, you know, now they're going to win at Seattle and a you know, year without Brady and you know, it's going to be 2-0. And uh, you hear all these New England fans screaming, you know, yell about how good they are and everything and Belichick. And I, I, it's just a little too much to take. So, but I'm glad he got stopped. And uh, But look at uh, Jamal Adams playing there. He looks pretty happy uh, playing for, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to think right now. as a They're not going to win. Don't worry about it. They're not going to win. But it's, it's tough to think of the Jets as a real franchise right now because you look at somehow how the other teams compete. I'm talking just about how they compete. This is what bothered me at the beginning of last year. Obviously, they didn't have Darnold, but the, the level of competition and their ability to understand the game plan that Gaze is putting down, to me, is really what bothers me watching them is they don't seem to be on the same page, and that's strictly on the head coach. Well... I will say this. Adam Gase should be fired today, not tomorrow, not in five seconds, not in five minutes. He should be fired right now. If it was up to me, I would go down there right now to the Jets facility, and i tell him he's fired. 
There's mm-hmm. no reason why he should be the head coach of this team. He's not only hurting the team for the future, he's hurting Darnold. He's hurting Darnold because if the Jets are the worst team in the NFL this year and they get the number one pick, I'm telling you, if Trevor Lawrence is the number one guy, they are going to draft Trevor Lawrence. Nobody's going to pass off on the kid when everybody's trying to compare him, contrast him as the next Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, the next big superstar quarterback. They're not going to pass up on it. As good as Sam Donald could be in the future, they're going to trade him. They're going to trade him because that wasn't Joe Douglas's pick. Yeah. I love Sam Donald. I love him too. I feel, I feel bad that he doesn't have any weapons and he looks really bad. But it's it it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, and and so he'll be some some other some other team's treasure. The way it's going, you, think, way you, it's think, you think the Falcons? <laughs> yeah, I hope I, I hope that doesn't happen. I, I hope it doesn't happen either. But I'm telling you right now, if if you're going to tell me right now today, if the Jets get the number one pick, they're not going to draft Trevor Lawrence. Well, then you you guys are crazy. Right? They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence if they get the number one pick. They're not trading out of it. Man. They're going to get the best player available. I I, I got to see Trevor Lawrence do more against consistent uh, teams. I don't know, man. I mean, if you look at his numbers, if you look at his numbers for his college career, they're absolutely fabulous. But playing an ACC schedule, I'm not as confident as a guy who's going against elite teams every week. So I still got to see more of him this year. He's beaten elite teams in the championship game. He completely terminated Alabama, one of the best defensive teams we've ever seen. He absolutely did. He left them. He left Nick Saban with no answer. And Nick Saban and Nick Saban came out and said, you know, he used to think that um, what's his name again, uh, Mar- um, uh, Deshaun Watson. No, no, who, what the other quarterback uh, played for Texas t- Texas A and M. Um, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Manziel? He yeah. said Johnny Manziel was the greatest quarterback he ever played. After that game, he said, "I've never <laughs> played a more consistent. I never played with a more con- played against a more consistent quarterback in a game." So right. uh, no, I I I, I want to get to the SEC starting. Go ahead. Uh, and in, in, you know, starting to say, I want to get to that in a minute. Uh, but I also want to get to, uh, before you do that, Josh Allen, because I know we had talked about that before the season started. <clears throat> and I was not confident that Josh Allen could take that next step. And he really has. Josh Allen has really done very well. Look at the weapons he has. You look at the fact that he became the first quarterback since Jim Kelly in 1991 to throw 300 yards. In, in first two games of the season, first guy since Bledsoe in 2002 to throw for uh, 400 yards in a game. Uh, so he's done really, really well, and I, I didn't think he was going to do that well. Well, I will uh, say I, w- I will say this: Josh Allen has a lot of weapons now with Stephon Diggs. I can't stand them, but <laughs> they have players. They have weapons. Singletary, uh, the the uh, the running back that they have. They have a lot of weapons around the field, and they have a good offensive line, a re- reconstructed offensive line two years ago. I mean, John Brown's still playing well, too. He yeah. played well for them last year. Uh, John and Brown, continued. too. So yeah. They got weapons. They're, they're a scary team. They really are. And they, they have a great they defense. They have a very good defense. Yep. Um, okay, now we're going to the SEC, all right? Because I had to write on Alabama uh, and on you know, how they're going to do this year. And I'm looking at their record uh, in the SEC West. Uh, in the last since since 2008, they are 85 and 11 in, con- in in conference play since 2008. That is 19 more wins than anybody else in their division. LSU is second with 60, uh, 66 wins. Yeah. So it it just goes to show you their dominance during that period, 
and how, how great they've been. They've only lost to a handful of teams. One of them was Van Zeel, and you know, I believe it was 2000, 2012 or 2013. Um, they lost to Ole Miss in back-to-back years, which is really hard to imagine now when you look at how they've dominated the last couple of years. And they don't just win in their games. They, they blow teams out. And uh, with Mac Jones this year, um, Mac Jones, I thought, played really well toward the end of the year last year in losses at Auburn. Um, in the loss at Auburn. So I, I think that they'll be fine this year and they're going to be hard to beat in the SEC. I think they'll easily win the West uh, and then they'll be right there with Georgia uh, in, the, in the SEC championship game. Where do you see Florida? Because they're one I'm high on this year uh, with uh, third year now or fourth year under Mullen. Yeah, a lot of nice uh, young players, especially on the on the defensive side of the ball. And they didn't really lose much in the draft either, outside of C.J. Henderson and the guy the, and the two that went to the Jets. They didn't really lose much. And I think they got one of the best tight ends in the nation. So what do you think of them, their outlook this year? Because I, I see them as a playoff team. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think Florida can compete with Georgia in the, in the East. I mean, basically, you have Florida and Georgia in the East, and that, that's basically who's going to win the East. You look at the history of the SEC West, just like the SEC, uh, the East and West. In the West, you have LSU, Auburn, or, or Alabama. Last team to win the West, other than that, was Arkansas in 2006. In the East, you have Florida and Georgia, and then Missouri stuck in there the last couple of years, um, back in like 2012 and 13. Other than that, teams, other teams don't win the SEC. So I think South Carolina won it in 2010, but to either Florida or Georgia every year. So, and I think the same is going to be this year. Yeah, I, I, to me, watching watch college football, it, there's so many different teams that are not playing this year. So you don't know who's – Ohio State all of a sudden won the opportunity to play eight games this mm-hmm. year. So they, they could be a part of this whole thing. And that, was, that had a lot to do with Fields yep. uh, arguing and saying that he, they had a good enough team to win a national title. And he wanted to play this year. And Justin Fields, he wants to show his game off to the scouts because he's going to be an NHL uh, an NFL prospect next year in the draft. So he, expect, he expects to be a top ten uh, pick, and he, he could be. Uh, the question is uh, where he's going to be picked next year and, and where, uh, you know, what team needs a quarterback. There's so many teams right now in the NFL that has their future quarterback. I mean, Carolina doesn't. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is not their future quarterback. So I think Carolina is going to be looking for their future. I, we don't know where the Jets are at with their quarterback position. Um, there are a couple of teams that are, we know Herbert is now going to be the future of the Chargers. So mm-hmm. there, there are certain teams. I mean, we don't know if the Las Vegas uh, – uh, Raiders. Raiders are going to keep Derek Carr as their uh, their quarterback. So yeah, and I, the the thing that's interesting with Fields is Ohio State is still one of the most loaded teams. So he's going to have all the talent around him. Another team like Florida that didn't really lose that much when it came to their draft in comparison to what they normally do. But again, one loss will sting even more when you're only playing eight games. So we'll have to see how that ends up making a difference. All right, Mark. Uh, we lost Mark. He said his computer died. Oh, Mark's computer died. Well. I guess that's it for our show. Yep. Uh, shout out to Mark for joining us uh, with Mark It Up. We really appreciate him joining us every single Monday. He's great and uh, happy to have him on and be a part of the team. Uh, shout out to um, Ben Easter, the Kansas quarterback recruit. Great kid. And also Jack Whitmer, the Virginia tight end recruit. Uh, great, great kids. If you guys didn't hear the interview, Speedy will play it. We'll be back. On Wednesday for Below the Mic, we're very excited about that. We have a couple of good guests. Uh, Great, great show lined up for you guys. Um, uh, Up next, The Wise Guys. And shout out to all our shows during the weekend. Off the Mat, 
uh, Weapons Hot, and all the shows during the week, the hot list, and everybody. We have a, a new um, fantasy show, two new fantasy shows on Thursday and Fridays that are going to be airing from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. And, um, and, and on Saturday, it'll be at 9.30 p.m. So uh, we have a couple of fantasy shows joining us, and we have another show that we're going to work on called The Blackout, which is going to be joining us as well. Um, until uh, Wednesday, this is Errol Marks and Speedy Petey saying good night, and we'll talk to you then. Up next, The Wise Guys here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.